Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early or wherever you get your podcasts on Friday. My name is Kenny, I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm doing alright, yes. Doing alright, yeah. I've just done the uh, latest cover for issue 32 of Inside the Ropes. Ooh. So if the, uh, if the cover looks familiar... You know the reason why. The star setter has been at it. The big man has been introduced. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, it looks, it looks really good. So I uh, spent a long time picking out the photo. Uh, we've got, and I think it works really well as a cover. So, um, so yes, people will no doubt see that within the next few days, I guess. Yes, very excited to see. I actually don't know what it is or who's on the cover. I'm I'm excited to see. So you're just um, gonna have to wait, aren't you, Kenny? Like everyone else, I am. I'm, I'm like I'm like on commentary. Don't tell me the finish. I don't want to know. Um, but listen, we uh, we obviously have WrestleMania Night Two to talk about the fallout from Raw, which obviously has been very controversial and has had a lot of opinion. But before we talk about any of that, there is some big news coming out of last night's AEW Dynamite that we have to talk about a little bit and just kind of analyze so tony khan had said that he had a big announcement obviously he said that before so you kind of you know wait and see whether it's going to be worthwhile or not and um his announcement was that AEW will be coming to london this summer as we had expected they were going to but they're not running craven cottage they're running wembley stadium the ninety thousand seat wembley stadium yeah on sunday august 27th so, Finn, I'm just going to dive, dive straight in. What do you think? Talk me through your thoughts. This is a people did not see this one coming. No, and I can imagine that a lot of people in America were like, "Oh, well, how do I benefit from that big announcement?" And a lot of people in you know countries around the world were like, "Well, I'm not going to that. So, what's in it for me?" Um, I mean, as for us and for fans in the UK or and even in Europe, and I'm sure some people will fly over from the States. Um, but I mean, that's a big undertaking, a lot of expense, as you know, Kenny, from flying over to, obviously you didn't go over to, to the States. Oh, we'll that that's a sore <laughs> point. Don't mention that. But you've been over there and it's an expensive business, isn't it? Yep, Going yep. abroad for a wrestling show. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's undoubtedly, it's, it's ambitious. Um, I think, 
they're going to draw a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have gone because it's at Wembley Stadium and because it's the first All Elite Wrestling show in the UK. So, I mean, I'm not even going to put a figure on what I think they're going to draw, but I think they'll do all right. I have a figure in my mind. Okay. I think they're going to draw. I have no... Uh, I just, a gut feeling. I think they're going to get about 50,000 in the end. I think they're going to pull a lot of stuff out of the bag to try and get people to come. You know, I think, I, I, I'm convinced that CM Punk will be part of this event. I just can't imagine that he wouldn't be if they're planning something this ambitious and big. I think we'll see Mercedes Monet. And, um, and I think one of your ideas, Finn, could potentially come true at that show because you know the biggest show they've ever done by a mile yeah isn't that the place to do Sting's retirement and what better way to do it than have him go for the title you know have him go and do the MGF thing there on that show it frees you up to do you know say say Punk's there you do Punk and Omega or say Danielson works with you know I don't know if they bring in Okada or something whatever it is but there's a lot of people you can put in different matches and you could, I mean, Sting's retirement would be a pretty big deal, I think, if they did it on that big of a, a show. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they could even potentially do a Blood and Guts match there. I don't know whether they'll... Have they announced that yet? Normally that takes place in May, doesn't it? Yeah, they've not announced it yet. They've not announced... Just, you know, obviously, it would, if it's imminent, then Blackpool Combat Club are going to be one half of it for sure, aren't they? So... Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that's taken place in May the last two years. So, I mean, potentially that could take place there. I mean, that would be a big venue um, matchup that I think would look amazing in, in Wembley. Um, but I mean, I don't know. And maybe you'd be better off having, you know, if they can convince CM Punk to return, have a Danielson Punk match there or you know, potentially Kenny Omega Punk. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe you wouldn't want to have all your big names in one match. So you want to spread it out over the show. But I mean, if you can draw 50,000, I think most people would categorize that as a success. And I certainly would as well. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's big. I mean, it's very ambitious. Um, it's a ballsy move to try and put it that. Is. It is. I mean, the thing is, because because it's AEW and there isn't really this, um, you know, making a profit. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's obviously endless resources to finance in anything if it goes wrong. It's not like the old days in pro wrestling yeah. where a company would um, announce a show and then there would be this concern that if it didn't succeed, then it, it would have catastrophic consequences for the company and its ability to pay the staff, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Tony Khan doesn't have, you know, those concerns no. that promotions from the past have had. So there's not really a whole, that much pressure on him to draw a huge crowd. I mean, there is in the sense that it would look terrible, but I mean, in terms of like, will the company be around the next week or not of course it will be so it's a different sort of time it's a different company to companies that have previously existed um because there isn't that pressure to draw and turn a profit is there because of the resources that are behind it that are propping this company up um but yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be big for the company i mean 
it's going to be interesting really to see what happens with the mainstream media because they don't really cover AEW that much. No. And I'm not sure if, you know, WWE is clearly the number one company in the UK and has been for yeah. over well over 30 years. Um, and this show is not going to change that. It simply no. isn't going to. Even if the seller plays out, it's not going to make any difference. WWE will still be the number one wrestling brand in the UK. Um, but this could be very good for AEW's image and getting it out there and into the minds of people who don't currently do business with AEW or don't currently watch the company. Because if you're announcing a show this big, then you're it's a declaration that we are a big deal. You know, look at us, come and see us, watch us, come and see what we've got to offer. Um, yeah, it's absolutely, a, you know, a ballsy move, very ambitious. Um, to your point earlier, I think the, the smart thing of the choice of Wembley Stadium is because you are you are going to pull in a lot of nostalgia for the stadium. As you are. To... That's it. And it's the novelty factor as well, Kenny. Yeah. Of a Wembley Stadium show. And if you've got a lot like Sting, for instance, a nostalgia act in a big match with his show, with his career on the line against the world title, I think that would be a draw. I think that could do well. And I think there'd be fools not to do that. And um, we'll see if they do. Because um, we, we know Sting's retirement is this year. It's pretty much been, you know, it's not been officially said on TV, but we know that that's what's going to happen. So to me, it's like that that's the show to do it on. It's the biggest show that you're you are going to do. And I think if yeah. they did, you know, I th- to me, if they, if they can do 50,000, that's a huge success for them. Yes. Um, I don't think anybody, I mean, WWE doesn't do 90,000 over here. You know, when they did Clash, I think the 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 official number, like the kind of not publicized one, was 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 it like fifty five or fifty six or something like that in Cardiff? I think they um, ended up having to discount tickets as well at the end, didn't they? Yeah. So, and now, now obviously London is a bigger hub than I mean, Cardiff's an awful place to try and get to if you're not, you know, like us, savvy to the 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 trains and the and how it all goes in the UK, but. But even then, even if you kind of take in that London thing into account, I don't think anybody expects them to do anywhere close to what the capacity is. But if they could get half, you know, sort of 45 to 50 for a first show, that would be a, a big success for them. Um, yeah. And yeah, it would be. be. Yeah, it would be. And I think it would cause a lot of people to re-examine their attitudes towards AEW if it were to draw that many people. Uh, and people would have to say, yeah, this company is a big deal. It, it drew this many people in London, you know, and it's just on ITV4. So, um, and this and is if- probably the time. This is probably the time to do it because if you've, if they've never been here before, there's probably never going to be more of an appetite to see AEW, or there won't be as it much. Will. It's that first show thing, isn't it? I was at the first show. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if it were the second show. In some ways, you think, well, why are you not starting with a show that you can sell out or maybe do two shows that you can sell out and then come back next year for Wembley? I mean, if they were in a position where they had to make money and they were working on a limited budget, probably that is how they would do it. But as I've already said, there isn't that concern. It doesn't matter if the show doesn't break even. Um, So, you know, having that freedom... And that flexibility enables them to do this, you know, to aim really high. You know, if they miss, it's not going to sink the company. You know, if ECW back in the day had tried, obviously, they were (laughs) never going to play Wembley Stadium. But if they 
ran a show that was budgeted, you know, way, well, let's face it, everything was budgeted beyond their capabilities. But you know what I mean? If they'd yeah. gone completely over the top on a show, that could have been it. It could have been sunk and it could have been out of business the next week. AEW doesn't need to worry about that. No, you know, the, the pressure for them is more of a PR type thing that, you know, mm. you want to, you, you have to, you have to deliver to, I mean, people will decide what their level of success is going to be for how many people they get. But yeah, I mean, I, I believe they're working with Live Nation to do this. That's my belief. So they're working with a big promoter to try and do the show. So I would imagine, you know, I, and then I assume you're going to have to work with UK PR to kind of try and, because, you know, US PR is probably not going to know as much the right places to be, the right places to go. Um, but yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, I'm sure, you know, things will things will come out about it. I mean, one last question I was going to ask you about it. Obviously, Punk is a name that people talk about immediately. Mercedes is someone that people are talking about. If you were AEW, is there value in throwing money to Goldberg for one match at this show? Or do you think that he is not of, of value for something like this? I mean... Tickets go on sale next month, right? Is it May 5th? May 5th, they go on sale. So, I mean, that gives them June, July, that gives them over three and a half months to decide whether or not they need Goldberg. Yeah. So I would not make any hasty decisions about signing that guy. What would would he want for match? Half a million? Maybe more? I think he'd he'd want at least a million based on on what WWE would pay him for a Saudi match because... That, that's the key. He used to always do Saudi matches because they would pay the most. Okay. Pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think, I think if you, if you, if you're a month and a half out and you still need something else to, to hype it, then, you know, then that's, that's the point where you, I mean, to me, what would be, a, what would be a great get for them if they can do it is, <laughs> I know the irony and I'm not trying to make a joke here, if there's almost like a press conference to announce CM Punk will be on the show, you know? <laughs> um, maybe maybe he just doesn't get a microphone at that. I don't know. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think if you sort of have Punk return be announced and he's on the poster and he's going to be there, that should give them a bit of momentum on top of the other stuff they've got. So. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know how much value CM Punk has as a ticket seller in 2023, especially in the UK. And I mean, the same goes with Goldberg. I mean, a nost- he's a nostalgia act, isn't it? And the problem is, if you've got Sting on there in a big match against MJF, he's your nostalgia ticket. Yeah. So do you then want to spend a load of money on another nostalgia ticket and word's going to get, or nostalgia act rather? Um. And then word's going to get round in the locker room about how of how much money he's being paid to do a three or four minute match in which he will no doubt squash someone. I mean, mm. that's just going to have a detrimental effect on morale, isn't it? So, I mean, do you want to invite that into your locker room? Really? Um, it's going to matter. Maybe, maybe if you maybe if you're desperate, maybe if. Maybe if at the end of the June, end of June, they've only sold twenty five thousand tickets, they might have to do something like that. But I certainly would caution against spending money like that on, you know, a nostalgia act like Goldberg when you presumably or possibly a good way. Sting's going to be on the show in some capacity, isn't he? Yeah, he's on the poster. So yeah, and you would hope that he's going to have a big match there. So do you want to dilute 
the impact of that by having, you know, another XWCW performer on there. I mean, I'm not sure whether that would be such a good idea, but I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to base it on the ticket sales now, tickets go, um, and then really decide. I mean, they've got plenty of time, haven't they? So yeah. um, It's funny to me how, just off the back of the Goldberg thing, it's funny to me that the idea of, like, say say Tony Khan went, right, okay, we're going to get Goldberg, right? And he goes, right, my price tag to do a match is $1.5 million, right? Or say that's the number. Mm. For that, you should be doing what you're fucking told. For that, you should be losing to whoever you're asked to lose to, or the idea that you can sort of say, right, I want this amount of money, and then also I get to say I'm not going to lose. It's like it's 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 weird. It's a weird balance that he would have in that situation. I don't I don't think yeah. it's one that would be worth, like you say, unless they're desperate. Um, you know, if if now if Goldberg wants to come in for a million and put over somebody who it would make make them great. But, but I mean, but who who would that be? And he's and the problem is now, Kenny. He's put loads of people over in WWE, so that's not a novelty anymore. Yeah, true. So it, this well, is not the unde- you know the undefeated or guy who almost never lost Goldberg of ninety eight ninety nine. You know, this is twenty twenty three, and he's been beaten by everyone in like some some matches lasting three minutes or less. So um, I'm not sure if there'll be. A, really that much value in a Goldberg appearance. Um, I mean, it sounds good, but I don't know. I mean, CM Punk, I mean, does he really have that much drawing power now? I mean, I'm I'm not sure if he does. I think it's kind of overrated. Um, and in your little echo chamber, obviously it's a big deal. I think AEW needs him back, by the way. I didn't, I wasn't saying that this time, you know, late last year, but I think they need to re- Resign him. I think they need to bring him back. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that they need. Um, although if they do manage to bring him back, as I've said previously on these podcasts, <laughs> you know, it's going to need, there's going to need to be, you know, very strong people backstage around him to prevent a recurrence of what happened last year. We don't need any more of that in AEW. So no yeah, one does. You know? For sure. Um, we'll, listen, we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. Uh, let's dive into WrestleMania Night 2. Obviously, we talked on Tuesday about how WrestleMania Night 1 was really critically acclaimed and everybody loved it. Night 2 does not have the same warm, fuzzy feeling for a lot of people. So let's dive in and see what we think. So we opened the show in Night 2 with Brock Lesnar and Omas. This match went under five minutes. It was a very simple story of Lesnar trying to take down the monster and eventually hitting him with a couple of German suplexes, selling back pain, and eventually getting Omas up for the F5 and scoring the 1-2-3. Crowd were very into this uh, short, sharp match. What did you make of it as the Sunday opener? I thought it was, um, I thought it was, it couldn't have been better for what it was. It was laid out exactly the way it should have been. Um, I really like the way that Lesnar sold. I mean, the way he sold those body slams was exactly how someone should have sold a body slam from someone the size of Omas. And, you know, it was classic psychology of, you know, big man versus smaller man and smaller man just keeps failing to take the big man off his feet. And eventually he does do big pop and, you know, struggle to get him up for the F5 at the end. We hit the Lesnar um, hit the three German suplexes and fans erupted to that. And then he really struggled to get him up for the F5, hit that for the pin Love the way that Lesnar sold all the way to the back as 
everyone absolutely should when they've taken a beating from a larger or more powerful opponent. So yeah, I thought I thought it was it was spot on, Kenny. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think they could for what they were intending to do. I don't think you could have done it any better. So they 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 nailed the execution of this one. Um, don't know if we can say the same for match two, which was <laughs> Ronda and Shayna against Raquel and Liv Morgan, Italian Shotzi and Chelsea Green. So you the four way tag team showcase match. I mean, the person who does the makeup for Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler should be banned from makeup. At any point, they should be banned from being near makeup, being allowed yeah. to apply it on anyone. It is dire. I mean, Ronda Rousey's face makeup looked like someone had drawn Mike Tyson's face tattoo <laughs> underneath both of her eyes. You know, and I'd like to think for in our lives, we have people around us, including each other, right? Who, yeah. if we were having a big match and and we decided to put this on, that one of us would go, you know, look in the mirror. This is a mistake. I mean, that's what I say to you every day, isn't it, Ken? <laughs> I mean, my te- letter with text messages. Just, <laughs> why are you doing this? Just stop. Um, but yeah, well, this- you are right. I mean, this is LA. I mean, you know, there's a prof- got to be a professional makeup artist within 100 miles, right? <laughs> I mean, it's ins- and who- we are not people who are up on makeup and stuff like that. But like, you know when something's that bad. Oh, like she just looks ridiculous. And then she did nothing in the match, except for came in for the finish. And okay, she was injured. And poor Shayna Baszler apparently suffered a genuine injury in the match. She took <laughs> a boot off, so both her ankle was hurting by the end. And then Ronda just tagged in and forced Shotzi to tap out while everyone else did the work. I mean, what a flop. I mean, it was worst of the night, wasn't it? And you just, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what's going on with Ronda and Shayna. Um, are they sticking around? Apparently. I thought, I thought, I mean, I, it would have been great if Ronda had just bowed out with a, you know, big loss to Becky Lynch or even a big win. Or maybe not bowed out, but then won the belts and then maybe lost them the next night. Yeah. You know, raw to another team. I know she's injured, so that probably fouled up the plans, but this match was just worthless, wasn't it, Kenny? Let's be honest. Yep. Just absolutely and just like dark. a slap in the face to everyone else who was in it that Ronda scored the submission win after doing nothing. Yeah. It was just it was no good was this match. Um then we had uh Bobby Lashley coming out to show off his trophy. Now apparently there was supposed to be a segment with him and LA Knight here which was cut. Um, Lashley was then liking tweets, basically saying, how can you have a WrestleMania without Bobby Lashley? I mean, it was fair. I mean, he, I think he definitely should have been on the show. I think he should be happy that he wasn't on the show with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> you know, yes. every cloud. <laughs> That's it. But, yeah, yeah just, just not good. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, he obviously came out with the Andrew the Giant Memorial Battle Royal tro- Trophy. You know, he'd won that by last eliminating Bronson Reed. I mean, LA Knight was really over. He was one of the final four. When he was ejected, people were really upset. He was the most popular person in the match, was LA Knight. 
If Knight doesn't turn babyface on SmackDown this week, it's got to be next week. It's coming. You know, LA Knight's moment, LA Knight fans, don't you worry. Time is coming. The confidence of F. Martin is there, and it sounds different from the delusion about Mustafa Ali this time. So, Well, that's it, yeah. I mean, the you know, the enthusiasm... You know, it's kind of been, I've kind of been drained of enthusiasm on that one. <laughs> you know, there, there are just times when you just, yeah, I mean, called that one wrong. <laughs> um, well, then we then we had a, 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 an ad to introduce our next match with uh, for Mike's Hard Lemonade, which was with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Now, this appears to be a drink then that is half tea half lemonade, but also 7% alcohol. <laughs> How do you feel about that drink and in, 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 in its idea? Would that be for you? No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them for taking the ads. And, um, you know, we have the, um, the cinnamon, what was it? The, on the cinnamon Saturday night? Crunch. That was it, yes. So, I mean, I'm fine with these advertisements if they don't take over the match. If yeah. it's just kind of subtle and it's there and we see lots of money's changing hands and I understand that that's the way it is and it's probably going to get worse now that or WWE has been sold. So, um, yeah, what a strange combination, Kenny. Half lemonade, half tea with 7% alcohol. Very bizarre. I mean, 7% alcohol, that's strong. I mean, a lot of pubs, let's be honest. If you go into a, like a, a brew dog pub, some of the drinks there, some of the strong drinks, they only sell them in half pints because they won't sell them in pints because, well, you know, it's going to be carnage, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it does not sound to me like a drink that I would personally be jumping at to try. To try. Uh, no. But anyway, that leads us into Gunther, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. Ben, this is how you do a WrestleMania match. Yes, it was tough. Tough. It was a tough match. Sheamus beat everyone down. Drew kicked out of a powerbomb. Sheamus hit the Celtic cross. We don't see that very often, do we? Nope. When was the last time we saw that? And I remember it was a... He often did that back in the old days because it was often a photo I ran in Power Slam. Because it was a really, you know, because he, he was a great one for the photos because he's up in the air and the photos, if the cameraman is at the um, hard camera position and the wrestler's stationary, it's usually a really sharp photo. So, you know, he hit the Celtic cross and Gunter, who kicked out. I mean, really heated. Um, Seamus was, was the crowd favourite here by a country mile. Uh, Drew kicked out of the broad kick. Uh, Seamus kicked out of the Claymore, and then Gunter retained after powerbombing McIntyre. So is this, will this be, I mean, we didn't get the McIntyre heel turn here, although it he was acting heelish. Maybe this Friday. What do you think, Kenny? Yeah, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. And I thought, I thought this match was was really well done. I, I liked the the you know Drew in the white kilt as well was really good you know Gunther getting the entrance from Imperium Sheamus with Braun Brutes and yeah the story of the match was was great because McIntyre and Sheamus were showing all this aggression because they both wanted to be Intercontinental Champion so yeah. the belt was important and um, and then with Gunther winning in the end it kind of 
gave you this, you know, hint at the story of McIntyre going forward. It also made Gunther look great. And uh, yeah, this was top marks. To me, this was the, this is my favourite match of night two, if I had to pick one. But um, yeah, it was, they did really well. Um, then we had Bianca Belair and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Asuka had a, this great entrance with loads of backup Askas and she had this crazy mask on. And then you had the Bianca Belair entrance with the, the young girls who were doing all the kind of dance routines and there was the young contortionist girl. I mean, Finn, even you, who, who maybe doesn't get, you know, soft and soppy too much, Bianca Belair's entrance there must have got you right in the fields. Yeah, I mean, really good for the kids. And, uh, I mean, that'll be a moment a lot of them will that'll never forget for as long as they live. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really well staged and everyone looked like they were having a good time, particularly Bianca. So, and I think the entrances um, gave this match more of an atmosphere than it would have had had they not had those entrances. And those entrances were designed to make this match seem like it was a big deal. And I think it succeeded in that regard. So, yeah, like I like the entrance. I like the entrances more than the match, really, if I'm honest with you, Kenny. I, th- I thought the match was actually was decent for for the expectations that we had going in of, you know, it, it being a kind of nothing match. I thought they did pretty well, but I think coming out of it, the issue is that you've got Bianca, who kind of feels that she's done everything as champ. Yeah. And you've got Asuka, whose record is now 0-5 and five at WrestleMania. So it feels like they missed a step here, not putting the, the belt onto Asuka. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the crowd has... A- Partly because of the entrances, the crowd were, were more into it than they would have been had they not made such a song and dance um, of the entrances. I mean, there was some sloppiness. There was actually booze that were quite audible for Bel Air. Um, Bel Air went for the KOD. Um, Asuka then missed uh, the Blue Mist. Uh, then Bel Air, Asuka applied the Asuka lock, and Bel Air spent too long in the submission. And the thing that annoyed me about this match, Kenny, was that after Belair had won by pin, she didn't sell the arm when she held the belt up afterwards. And it's like, you've been doing this now for a long time. You're the champion and you still don't get the basics. And that really, I just found that that kind of ruined it for me. Sell mm-hmm. the arm. You know, you've been in you've been in your opponent's submission maneuver, submission hold rather. And you didn't tap out to it. You're in it too long. And then afterwards, you were totally unharmed by this submission. So what does that say about your opponent's killer submission? It communicates the message that it's ineffective after you've beaten her. You know, that was straight out of the Cena handbook. So, yeah, uh, that really put a you know, dampener on the match for me, Kenny. The post-match, if I'm honest with you. There you go. Well... Bianca not getting the great review there, but I, I, to me, I it was better than I thought it was going to be. Love the end. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think coming out of it, there's not really much to get excited about uh, for either person. But um, then we had we should mention obviously, you know, Triple H did say that the contortionist girl had lost her mum that morning. So the idea that she still went out and did that is just amazing. You know, very inspiring for a young person to be able to do that. So fair play to her. Um, yeah. Then we had the Miz and Snoop Dogg in the ring. They were doing the attendance again. And then Miz complains about Snoop putting him in a match. And Snoop says, you want to go again? 
And uh, Miz says no. And then Snoop says, well, you know, this isn't your city. This is our city. It's our WrestleMania. And then he points to the stage. And Shane McMahon's music hits. <laughs> I feel like none of us had this in our bingo card, Finn. Well, someone did write into Q&A. I think it was last year. And the question was on the lines of, do you think Shane McMahon will return? And my answer was that, yes, I think he will. So I did expect him back, but not here. I expected him back at some point. And I'm sure Shane wishes that he you know, hadn't taken that call. <laughs> or, or was perhaps on holiday in the Maldives or something. Sorry, I can't make it. Because <laughs> what happened next, Kenny? So he comes out, and as always, I mean, he looked in good shape. He still looked in good shape, uh, you know, fair play to him in his 50s. Um, but he looked obviously looked very sweaty because when he walks, he sweats, does Shane. Yeah. And uh, he comes in. Because then... he's carrying so much weight. You go back and look at how how much lighter he was in 99. Yeah. 2000. Now, Shane's the same age as me, but actually he's just a couple of months younger than me. So Shane's 53. And, like, he didn't sweat like this back in 99, 2000, and he does now. And, you know, he's he's carrying so much weight, and we saw that it was a problem when he did the leapfrog, didn't we, Kenny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, I, I mean, I think he looks. I think it's he, he looks in good shape, but you are right. He is heavier, way heavier than he used to be. But he comes yeah. in. Snoop Dogg says, "From one OG to another, can you please take care of this, brother." So the match starts. Shane McMahon versus the Miz. Shane, Miz is still in the suit, and Shane, of course, did his terrible punches immediately. <laughs> right, yeah. which you know you kind of almost want him to do them. You'd be you'd be you'd be sad if he didn't do his crap you know, you'd feel ripped off wouldn't you if he didn't yeah. do you know, the worst punches in wrestling history it's like when the rock used to give you his shitty sharpshooter you're like come on give us some <laughs> brick and complain about it again and um so shane starts and then he starts doing you know uh uh you know he gets down so Miz can uh, run over him yeah, he's yeah, running he the ropes. drop down at the drop down a leapfrog spot didn't he yeah so he does the drop down then he does the leapfrog and as he did the leapfrog i turned to our group and went, my God, go, you know, fair play to Shane for putting the shift in. No sooner had those words left my mouth when Shane tries to get up. So he did the leapfrog and then he kind of, I I mean, I still don't know, but I'm convinced that he did the leapfrog. It didn't. And then he kind of fell. Yeah. And then he tried to get back up. And when he got back up, I think that's where he tore the quad. Because he did that whole, because you know when you hear about like how Vince did it and how Nash did it, it's all about turning your body in a way that it's not really supposed to turn. And yes. that's when the quad tear happens. So the leapfrog would not have been the position for a quad tear, you would think. It would have been more... Because when he tries to get back up, he it's like as he's getting back up, he sort of tries to spin his body around. Yes. To get back into it. And then he just crumbles on the floor. And then if that's not crazy enough that the last McMahon spot on a show where WWE is owned by the McMahons being a quad tear, then the guy who saves the show is Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Who comes in and basically takes over, punches Miz twice, does the worst people's elbow I've ever seen in my life, pins the Miz. I mean, get Snoop Dogg a contract for him. This guy did not crack one bit under the pressure, and I'm sure he was baked out his tree as well. At well, the, the referee, time. if you turn the volume up, you can hear the referee. She's yelling at him, do the elbow. 
<laughs> mentions that to him. I don't know how many times, at least twice, maybe three times. Yeah. And um, do the elbow. And uh, but and also, just as Shane did the leapfrog, Michael Cole on commentary said Shane still got it. <laughs> or words to that effect. He said those words as Shane was in midair. Shane still oh. got it. And then suffers that really bad quad tear, and he tried to get up, bless him, and his 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 left leg it had just gone, and uh, happily they spotted it straight away, got him out of there, and Snoop Dogg took over, but um, it was really funny. So Snoop drilled Miz, and obviously Snoop's not a worker, so no. even though he's a, obviously a slender fella, <laughs> he, he would have really punched Miz. You know, mind you, he's done a lot of acting, so maybe he knows how to throw like a you know movie punch or whatever. Yeah. But he punches Miz, and Miz, to his credit, just goes down. Then he hits Miz again, and then Snoop runs the ropes. And if you watch this, you just this is why it's really difficult running the ropes. Just ask any wrestler; it just is. And if you watch Snoop Dogg, you can see that it is. And he did the elbow, and I bet that elbow hurt like hell because it looked like he really nailed him because. Obviously, he's not a worker. But Miz just took it. And then Snoop scored the pin. And I've got to say, equally, let's just give credit to the Miz for yep. just completely humbling and humiliating himself both nights, you know, to as the as the low-card heel, which well, I guess he's kind of a mid-card heel now, but obviously no one's going to take him seriously again, which doesn't matter because he's <clears throat> that's not his role now to be a serious performer. And I thought, yeah, Miz did a really good job here. You know, just he just pulled this together and just did something spontaneous. And I thought it, it worked quite well. Yeah, I think, I mean, this was just the most bizarre thing to watch. To see Shane return, injure himself immediately, and then Snoop Dogg to save the day and get us back on script. It was, but I mean, you know, fair play. Fair play that he managed to do it. Um, yeah, I, I really... I really admire that Snoop Dogg was... Because there's a lot of wrestlers. We mentioned this uh, yesterday about, I think it was Logan Paul, about how good he is at doing the little things that, uh, that some wrestlers who have been doing this for ages don't do. And there's a lot of wrestlers who, if they were on WrestleMania and they were in this position, I don't think they would have, have, have done this as well as Snoop Dogg kind of got back on track with it. But then... Because he's such a big name, he doesn't really have to worry about any any comeuppance from anybody. Yeah, you know, exactly. so maybe it's an unfair thing to expect other wrestlers to be able to do that. But yeah, Snoop Dogg did great here, and um, and the Miz as well. You know, let's yeah, give Miz credit. I mean, he um, he completely humiliated himself both nights, or was humiliated both nights. Um, you know, and he went along with it cheerfully. Good for him. Uh, then we had Brood Edge versus Demon Balor. Um, I mean, I say Brood Edge. There was no Brood music. There was no <laughs> Gangrel. But it said Brood Edge on the screen. Yeah. So, I mean, because when they, you know, when you're thinking Brood Edge, you think you're going to get the music. You think you're going to get Gangrel. Yeah. Um, you, so, want the blood, and, you want the bloodbath, don't you? Yeah. And nothing against Slayer. I mean, I know people were happy to hear Slayer's South of Heaven song. But no, what, that doesn't say Brood. So if they just said, like, Devil Edge or something, fine, you know. But don't people have got a lot of nostalgia for the Brood just because a lot of people who watched at that time were teenagers. So yeah. you know, you always have a, a nostalgia for stuff when you were younger. It's just the way it is. So 
people have that for for the Bruins. So I think to not get it, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it, but we didn't get it. Um, Balak. Yeah, I mean, he wore this strange mask, didn't he? Which we've never seen before. Yes, <laughs> don't really understand. And uh, and then he came out Slayer South of Heaven, you know, which is. I don't really keep up with Slayer these days, but to me, their greatest song ever. I saw Slayer once once back in the day, 91, I think it was, Kenny. Right. At the Apollo in Manchester. Was it good? It was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I've been to better gigs, but I thought I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, the great backdrops. And I, I think they were in the prime then. I mean, I'm not sure whether, we, whether they're even still going, but I mean, you know, I was into them then. Uh, and uh, it was fun going to see. I'd seen a went to a few heavy metal gigs, but it was funny. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun going to those type of shows because it was a very different scene to the one that I was into previously. <laughs> um, and obviously it's an old song, which is, you know, something that Edge probably has fond memories of because he's, what, what's Edge now? Edge, he's, I think he's 50 this year, isn't he? I think he was born in 73. So yes, obviously they were, It would he would have been going to gigs around the same time as I did. So to see those type of bands. So I'm sure it was a thrill for him to come out to that song. Um, but yeah, why? Why? I'm not really sure the connection between this and Brood Edge. So it's almost like something they promised and thought, right? Well, how do we, how do we join? You know, how do we join? Make this join up? How do we um, make this make sense? And they they failed. But anyway, <laughs> yes. So then he came out, and then so the South Haven stopped playing, and then he started. Then he did. Then he came out to his own entrance music, didn't he? Yes, so we we got that. I mean, I thought Balor looked great as the demon. Uh, yeah. It looked really good. Uh, the match, Hell in a Cell match. I mean, I thought it was okay. I I I didn't love it. Uh, I didn't hate it. Um, I could have done without the coloured weapons. You know that they. You know, there's purple kendo sticks. There's red chairs. Like it was just a bit over the top. But um, I mean, they worked hard. Obviously, Balor had that hard way. Uh, you know, saw the, the cut that he had, which was like a massive gash. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he must have been annoyed, mustn't he? That you know, I mean, I mean, Bala's never been a blood guy, but I mean, so he gets hardware juice on the show, but no one can see it on his head because he's got all that makeup on. So what a waste of good juice! <laughs> so, but yeah, the uh, edge through the uh, the ladder at him and it hit him in the head. Bala went down. There was blood everywhere. And then the doctor came in and kind of, you know, just tried to stem the flow of the blood and did so successfully because there was a lot of blood on the mat first and then there wasn't really any after that. So, you know, full marks to the doctor, you know, for stemming (laughs) the blood flow. Um, I mean, I I enjoyed the match. It was better than I expected. I was disappointed that Edge won. To me, this should have been Balor's night. Um, I mean, it was a happy ending for Edge. You know, and maybe they thought, you know, there's a really unhappy ending coming at the end of the show. <laughs> so we're going to give the fans the baby face win here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was well done for what it was. I thought it was, I thought the everything made sense and there was a lot of objects used, but they were all used within the context of the feud. And I didn't think it was overkill on the weapons and prop usage. Uh, but yeah, the only thing that really, you know, bothered me was that was the edge won. So, yeah, he scored the pin after using a concerto on Bala, uh, which was no, obviously you know the right. If Edge was going over, that was the way the match should have ended, isn't it? Let's be honest. 
Yeah. Although, you know, to me, Balor could have used the win. Yes, absolutely. Um, we then had the Hall of Fame class get brought out, which is very nice. And it's time for the main event, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns. Cody comes out with this big, you know, Homelander jacket. He's, you know, he's there with Brandy and his daughter Liberty. You know, he gives the, the weight belt to Brody Lee Jr. Um, if you didn't see online, he had this great thing where he had every company he'd worked for after leaving WWE to now he had them on the inside of his belt, which was just, I mean, that is the kind of guy he is. I can say that from kind of being around him. That is the type of person he is. He's very appreciative of who helped him get to where he is. So that is a legit kind of way he feels and thinks. But um, then we had six pianists playing Roman's theme. So the out came Roman, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. So we get this big 35-minute WrestleMania main event. So much heat. People were loving it. Um, and we get run-ins from the Usos and from Sammy and Kevin. And Cody seems to have it won. He's doing multiple crossroads. And as he goes to do the last one, Heyman gets on the apron and Solo Sokoa turns up from behind. Hits Cody with a Samoan spike. Reigns hits a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains. I don't want to use the word gobsmacked in a sort of hyperbole type way, but I just had no part of my brain that thought that Roman was going to retain. So I really was very shocked by the, the outcome. What did you make of the match, the booking of it, Roman going over, the implications of that, all of the above? Um, I mean, it was it was spoiled for me because I knew the outcome before I watched it. Um mm. So that there wasn't the drama there for me over who's going to win and will it be Cody's night? And I had written and said here last week or the week before that or probably many times before that it would be Cody, Cody's night. It had to be Cody's night. And if Cody didn't win here, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a problem for his career. It was going to damage his career. He might never recover from it. I mean, I took heart from the reaction to him on Raw the next night, Kenny. I mean, people cheered Cody Rhodes on Raw the next night and they didn't feel in, I don't think they really viewed him as a loser, which I feared they might had he not beaten Roman Reigns. So, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of worried at first. But then when I watched Raw, I was like, you know what? Reigns is still champ. At this point, it was 945 days as champ. He's still the biggest star in wrestling. He's still drawing. You know, he's still got it absolutely on every level, in every department. So afterwards, it made more sense to me that he retained than it did before the match took place. Because before the match took place, I was like, this is madness that Roman Reigns, you know, the you know, the notion that Roman Reigns is going to retain is, you know, beyond my comprehension because, you know, the line was, okay, if Roman Reigns beats Cody, who does he wrestle next? That was one of the questions, wasn't it, that lots of people had, and I've had this question and many others have. It's like, if not Cody, then who? Who's who's waiting in the wings who could conceivably beat him? Yeah. And that's the question, isn't it? That is the question. Um, but I mean, as far as the match went, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was so well done. It was absolutely everything that it should have been. It was a bona fide tour de force WrestleMania main event on every level. 
you know, and had Cody won, it would have been a huge moment for his career and people would have been beaming and dancing in the stands and in the streets afterwards. It would have been a return of the Fandango Raw, wouldn't it, Kenny? Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, we, we had the potential for that huge moment in Cardiff with Drew. Yeah. We had the potential for the huge moment in Montreal with Sammy, and now yes. this potential huge moment in Cody at WrestleMania. So I'll go back to what you just said a minute ago. What, what is, is do they do you think that they have something uh, that is going to be able to give this that level of reaction of one of those three? And did they make the right call in sort of prolonging it for whatever the eventual plan is? Um. I mean, the only we're not going to know the answer to that question until the day arrives when he loses the belts. Yeah, I mean, or, I guess you, and, and you because I mean, one of the things that people are saying is, uh, you know, the people who I, mean, I think there's a lot of people who feel disappointed by it. I do feel disappointed by it, and I think it would have been an amazing moment. Yeah, um, I think it's more a fear that we're because you don't get those moments a lot where people can where you know there's you know like the Daniel Bryan 2014 moment at WrestleMania. Yeah. You don't get that a lot. So it's kind of playing with fire a little bit to prolong it. But the reality yeah, yeah. I agree. But I mean you know the thing is I I was sure that Drew McIntyre would win in Cardiff and he didn't. I didn't think for a moment that Sammy Zayn was going to win in Montreal. A lot of people thought he was going to. A lot of people thought that Zayn would become champ at Elimination Chamber. I never did because I believe that Reigns was being saved for Cody to defeat him at WrestleMania. And here we are now, post-WrestleMania, and Roman Reigns is still champion. So I'm not sure who's going to be that person that dethrones Roman Reigns. doesn't feel like there's anyone on the horizon who's ready to do it. Um, and that could be a problem. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, Seth Rollins, I think they'll have a match, but I don't think Seth should be the person to beat Roman Reigns. If Randy Orton returns, as most people believe he will, that'll be a big match as well. But Randy Orton's, you know, he's 43. You know, he's just had major back surgery. Do We don't know how, how he's going to be when he returns. We don't know how long he's got left. And to me, would you really, I mean, Randy Orton's been champ many times before. Would you really want to, you know, have Orton be the man to end Roman Reigns's epic reign i don't think so and um after that who, who is there i mean maybe the money in the bank winner becomes that person we know it's not gonna be brock lesnar because brock lesnar can't challenge roman reigns as long as roman Re for the titles as long as roman reigns is champ so it's not gonna be him so i don't know who it's gonna be kenny it's it's a mystery evolution is a mystery as they say or as motorhead would say um I guess just summarise for me on night two compared to night one, your overall thoughts of, of the second night. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the first night. I mean, I, I, deal, I did still enjoy the show. I mean, I thought there was some, I thought Lesnar versus Omas was well done. Um, I thought, um, what else was on the show? I mean, there was... The IC title triple threat was really good. Yeah. Gunter, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, that was spot on. I mean, the women's match was slightly, was better than I expected, but I had really low expectations going into it. Miz Shane was just, you know, turned into this sort of comedy of errors. I mean, Snoop and Miz, I thought, did a good job saving it. I enjoyed Hell in a Cell. Well, would have enjoyed it a lot more if Balor had won, as I said. And then Cody versus Roman Reigns, I thought was, you know, scintillating, stellar main event. 
but didn't give us the outcome that we thought we were going to get from it. Now, in months or potentially even a year from now, after the next WrestleMania, maybe Roman Reigns will go into the next WrestleMania as champ. Maybe he'll be champ at WrestleMania 40. And maybe a name from the past will be the one to dethrone him. Um, maybe, or maybe Cody will win Money in the Bank this year. And maybe he'll challenge Roman Reigns and beat him, you know, in the rematch. I'm not sure. Um, so, I mean, I did enjoy it. I thought it was, I thought it was a good show, but not as good as night one. I think that's a consensus, isn't it? Really? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I thought night two was still a good night of WrestleMania. I think that it's tough when you have this great match that, I think that for me, part of the thing was I didn't think the finish was that good for what they were going to do. Like, I think it was nice to see Cody it takes some more to take him down kind of thing. Um, but I still think the match was great. The match was tremendous. And uh, I can't argue with Roman as the top guy. He is great in the role. Um, I desperately do not want The Rock to be the person to take it from him. But the more time goes on, I feel like that's probably going to be the way that it goes. Um but we'll see. The, the, overall, it was, a, it was a good night of wrestling. I think if I'd been there live, I would have enjoyed the show. Uh, but yeah, night one was just so good that I think night one gave everybody everything they wanted. Yeah. It, it was a very uh, fan-serviced night, which, you know, you should do at WrestleMania. So, um, but listen, we're going to cut it here. We are going to record the overrun now, which will be going out on Friday, which will have the a review of Raw, the Postmania Raw, which has obviously been so controversial online. Um, we will talk about that. So, Finn, I look forward to, to basically us continuing chatting. I'm not going to pretend that we're not speaking next, but um, yeah, we will we will be back uh, tomorrow on Patreon uh, to to speak to you, lovely people. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We're going. In fact, we're going to record Raw in about thirty seconds from now. So join us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. If I'm sad tonight.